Warning, the following podcast contains graphic violence, coarse language, adult themes, and nudity, and other content that some listeners may find triggering. Torture you, my friend. Trigger me timbers. Trigger me timbers, yeah. Trigger me timbers. Trigger me timbers. Hello, and welcome to episode 23 of the Trigger Me Timbers podcast, the show that brings you the latest in shocking, startling, and otherwise triggering news. My name's Hubert, and once again, I'm here with my good friend, Philip. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but I love it. Um, great energy off the off the top. Um, and this week we're joined by a special guest. Uh, she's come all the way from across the well, not even across the road from next door. Across the driveway. Across, across the, the driveway. Cat, Cat, how are you going? Good. The um the grass is overgrown, so it is a treacherous walk. But I got here safely, so that's amazing. I'm glad you made it here in one piece. No um, so yeah, Cat, what do you um? Firstly, welcome, welcome to the pod. Great to be here. Um, what do you think the listeners should know about you? <laughs> I feel like I wasn't prepared for any of these questions. Um, I live next door, didn't get attacked on my way through, and um, hopefully I can make it back safely after the podcast. That's yeah, all you we'll, need to know. We'll score you home. No yeah. It's not much of an effort. Exactly. Tell us, uh, what do you do roughly for work? Roughly? Work in the public service like the rest of goddamn mm. Canberra. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. And what triggers you... The most. What kind of things get you really riled up? Budget, I'd oh, say. Oh, budget. Oh. <laughs> Fitting its budget night. Fitting that its budget night. No. Um, Justice oh. things or like political things? Yeah. Legal things, science things? Or like one of the ones, one of the articles I was reading today in preparation um, was about how coercive control in domestic Ooh, violence mm. is in the conversation I, I think you might have been reading my favorite publication the conversation, oh, the conversation. yeah oh. um hasn't been outlawed i guess you could say has been made illegal it's a really hard domestic violence is a really how hard could you issue possibly make coercion illegal well i don't know it's really hard it's just like it's a it's a difficult thing to put in the law but anyway so that's what i was reading about and that's i feel like that was quite triggering okay. so dv triggers you that's dv definitely mm. triggers me yeah triggers, okay. triggers like all the, of us yeah yeah, fair. No, well, that's, uh, I think that sounds like a good topic for another podcast. But, um, anyway, one thing we like to do on the podcast is we let the guest select uh, which place in the order they would like to present. And Kat, you've nominated to go second, I believe. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the right choice. All right, all right. Mm-hmm. So I might kick things off then, uh, get us warmed up with a bit of a, a bit of a lightly triggering article to get the, uh, <laughs> get the trigger, trigger meters going. Uh, <laughs> please, I'm feeling very happy. Ruin my day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this article, I've um, you know typically go from from the ABC to the conversation and back again, but this week I've gone <laughs> slightly differently. Uh, I've gone to Vice. So oh, I totally forgot that publication even existed. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a, not a regular subscriber, but um, this article caught my eye. So the title is: Have you been woke fished while dating? Here's how to tell. So, have either of you guys heard the term woke fishing? No, but I can guess what it means. Does it just mean that someone's pretending to be super left and um, kind and good <laughs> and respectful, but really they're not? 
Yes, uh, <laughs> that is correct. Um, so let me give you the uh, description here. So woke fishing, put simply, is when people masquerade as holding progressive political views to ensnare potential partners. A woke fish may at first present themselves as a protest-attending, sex-positive, anti-racist, intersexual feminist who drinks ethically-sourced oat milk and has read the back catalogue of Audrey Lord twice. Yeah, I, I thought that sounded a lot like Phil when I read that. I don't know what an Audrey Lord is, though. <laughs> I bet find out. That's right. Um, but in reality, these people don't give a shit. Or, as is often the case, they are actively the opposite in their, in their personal lives. So, like Phil's, Phil uh, cleverly worked out, it's sort of like catfishing, but specifically with political beliefs. So, anyway, the writer of this article uh, gave her own account. Um, so, she had an experience where she uh, dated uh, a you know, self-described progressive New Age man. Um, she then, while they were dating, decided to go vegan. Um, and when she mentioned her new veganism to, the, to her, her boy, um, he seemed really annoyed. Uh, he basically responded with this, you know, tirade, uninterrupted lecture about the importance of supporting British farmers and, um, you know, supposedly at one point said something along the lines of, um, oh, God, don't tell me you're going to be- become one of those vegan feminists, are you? Um, you know, so basically couldn't hide his true colours after some time that, you know, he actually wasn't... I wonder how long they were dating anymore. for. Because, like, how long would you be dating they, they haven't shown any of that... That's right, that's right, that's right. Um, But yeah, anyway, so this article argues that um, it's becoming more prevalent, this this trend. Um, So things, recent crises like, you know, the um, tragic murder of George Floyd, um, I mean, coronavirus in general, uh, have kind of, you know, there's been a lot of talk of social injustice uh, in the media in general. And so, you know, the article argues it's no surprise that there are singles out there that are using this to their advantage. Um, and anyway, the, there's some interesting science here as well. So it's not just all anecdotes. So I know, I know Phil will appreciate this. So, um, apparently research found that in 2016, uh, over 1.6 million relationships crumbled due to rose over the Brexit, uh, debacle. So people disagreeing about Brexit, uh, led to 2 million relationships breaking up. How do they have that data? (laughs) <laughs> that's a good question that's a good question I'm assuming Vice uh, would have done their you know done their <laughs> due diligence uh, <laughs> no I might have to fact check that one off the podcast uh, <laughs> um, you know researchers look for that stuff maybe Zuckerberg provides them Facebook data to some unis or something as in like you're changing your relationship status from in a relationship yeah, to single yeah well, or you just stop your GPS location is no longer with okay. someone else. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's some big brother shit. There's plenty of ways to see it. I'm sure there is. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we'll take it, take it as a given. Um, so uh, anyway, there was another study in 2018 that found... So like one, one finding I had I thought was pretty obvious. So it found that people are less likely to be romantically interested in people... Um, with political beliefs that diverge from their own. This is like the um, Republican-Democrat thing where it's they're less like yeah they're, they're they're less likely to get married and I don't know if this is like a statistic or <laughs> but they're um, less likely to get together and they're less likely to get married and if they do get married then they're less likely to stay together because their views are just so different mm. just because in America like obviously politics is tied up with your identity so much closer mm, mm. yeah that's a great example um, 
So, you know, and that's yeah, very consistent with, with these findings. Um, the other thing that I found probably more interesting from these findings was that apparently it's become more... Li- so it's, people these days are more likely to reject somebody with a different political belief um, when compared to older generations. So supposedly, you know, our grandparents' generation was more accepting of people with different views and was more likely to, you know, marry somebody uh, who had a different political agenda to them. So I thought that was an interesting little little tip. Yeah, but isn't that, like, again, got to do with more about politics and identity rather than, you know, necessarily, like, our grandparents being more welcoming of people who they consider to be different? Oh, yeah, I'm not saying this is a good or a bad thing. I'm not saying it's good or a bad thing. Um, just yeah, interesting. interesting yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the other the other point this article raises is that you can actually you know so fair enough it's um you know political views is in, might be an important uh, sign of whether you're going to be compatible with somebody so you might want to know about it um, and if you actually pay for premium dating apps so if you pay extra on Bumble or Hinge for example you can actually filter out profiles based on those based on that information so. Um, there are now tools that allow you to, um, you know, filter filter by that kind of thing. Um, and finally, the article talks about um, some of the, 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 you know, worst outcomes, I guess, that can come from woke fishing. So it gives, gives an example of um, there are some cases where people who actually, people who belong to marginalized groups themselves have been victims of woke fishing where, yeah, you know, people have lied about their views to get in their pants and the article actually gave an example of a guy who was a neo-nazi basically who was like you know <clears throat> with someone who was non-white and then it later came out that he was very torn about that and held these like disturbing views uh that he couldn't keep secret forever um and finally the like the, the last point is that you know for a lot of people it's actually just the going through this experience can be devastating um just because of the deception involved so the fact that you can yeah, realize realize that you've been deceived by a romantic partner who you've um you know uh, been with for some time uh, can yeah that can have long lasting effects I guess in the same way that any kind of catfishing or de- deceit uh, could so yeah it's yeah pretty pretty shitty situation for a lot of these people who are involved so anyway I could go on I could go on for a bit longer but I want to hear your views on some of this so Cat and Phil um, firstly I'd be very curious to hear if either of you have ever been woke fished if you think in, in your life um, or catfished maybe in a, in a different way. Um, yeah. And your thoughts on the practice in general. Uh, yeah. What do you, what do you guys think? Mm. Um, well, to me, it's just that it just shows that tech is failing to give people um, the tools to like filter out and find people that they will match them. Lovers to find lovers. So really people just have the same issues they always had. They don't know who they're meeting because <laughs> people lie and it happens in real life anyway. So tech is failing to do a better job than just many people in real life that's my opinion of it of it um but i guess uh like these apps could do a better job in finding liars and stuff they could do some like facial recognition and make sure people aren't just recreating random new profiles right yeah i feel like that goes to like so i don't know if you've seen this recently like there was a guy who um was like abusing women online and it's gone going through tinder (laughs) <laughs> God damn! I want to bring this up, but this is my. This is actually my article. That one. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That, that one. You're okay, about. I'll take that out. Oh, we can yeah, check yeah. that last bit. So our, our articles, oh, our articles are very similar. So, oh, not really, but yeah. What you're gonna say is anyway. Well, I was gonna say like, is that 
like that that's what's a really bad thing but i don't think that this is going to that um and i think people that your online persona can be quite different to your offline Mm. persona and you might hold these views but you might not necessarily i guess you know maybe facebook while they probably could figure out that you did like that stuff or that with your views it probably it would it'd be much more invasive to do that. And maybe that's a good argument about why Facebook should have a dating app. Yeah. Maybe this is all it is. It's yeah, Tinder could just make app. you authenticate like through Facebook. Facebook or a mobile phone. or But then people can still fake or they can make a fake email address, fake yeah. whatever. They can fake their phone number. Can, uh, and, and like I can, yeah, I can have all my sincere, honest information, real photos, you know, photos of me uh, on, my, on my fishing trip with the boys, you know, all authentic. Uh, like but, yeah, but I can just hide the fact that, I, um, that I'm that i actually, yeah, you know, a, a serial killer and, <laughs> and or, you know, alt-right member of the Proud Boys, you know, that, that, that's not necessarily information that I put publicly on my <laughs> Facebook. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but do I think I've ever been woke-fished? Um, def- definitely, for sure. Really? I think, yeah, 100%. Like, I mean, just because, um, maybe not to that extent, but definitely when you first start dating someone and you say things and they're really cool with it, they're, like, really cool, they're like, yeah, everything... I don't know, feminism, even like veganism, like really, really basic things, especially when I was younger. And then you're dating them for three months and they say other things, like just mm. small comments. And you're like, I'm pretty sure we had this conversation and that's not your view, but maybe you're just agreeing with me. But also I have had just had the other thing where you say a point and it might be like a social, like a social commentary and they just agree with you because they don't really necessarily have an opinion on it. Mm. But and they build one later and, and then they build one change later. it against you exactly you're like did you just agree what I said because you liked me <laughs> like, yes yeah like you couldn't think of your own opinion yeah I think I've been work fished by friends not by potential partners oh, except I have experienced one semi work fishing experience with Greta <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to beat that out or leave it on the no I think um, I think uh she and I, I think she doesn't really believe, because she's in recruiting, I don't think she really believes in affirmative action. And I was kind of always uh, thought that, that was the right way to go. <laughs> yeah, she's like, no, the person who has the, is the best for the job should just get the job. And I'm like, hmm, okay. So that was one where I disagree. And I think maybe I'm a, more of a feminist than her. <laughs> but that's not, that's different because that, that's just the genuine disagreement in beliefs. It's not, Greta didn't deceive you in any way uh, or lie about that belief. <laughs> but she comes across as a strong feminist. <laughs> And she lied to me. <laughs> yeah, what about that? Well, what about where you just assume these people have these views? Yeah, I think... Like, because like, I think that that's... Because I actually do think that maybe um, this is actually probably a problem on us. If that makes sense. Like, because you just assume that everyone's left-wing and everyone holds these views. Especially in the Canberra bubble. Especially yeah. in the Canberra bubble. And again, in, also in Melbourne. Um and then obviously when people don't hold these views, it can be quite a shock. And also, I don't know, yeah, I think I think that maybe it's probably a bit on us to like maybe probe a little bit further. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. That's fair. And I think like I draw a distinction between that, the idea that, yeah, you just, you know, because obviously when, yeah, when you're meeting, you've just met someone, you're in early stages of dating, you are going to portray the best version of yourself. Uh, you're going to put forward your best <laughs> characteristics. You're not going to go on your neo-Nazi rant from day one. But 
But work. maybe that's your best sell. That's great. <laughs> and you should go on your day and dance. You know a lot right? about dances. You should bring that forward. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I don't condone that personally, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think, um, yeah, the difference between that like and it just slowly coming out over time that someone is a bit conservative, um, you know, and and in this day and age you assume that they are woke because uh, that is the default for a young person. But um, but yeah, but I, I think yeah, it's different between that and like deliberately hiding large or significant parts of your personality or like yeah, pretending to agree with someone in the early stages not to offend them um, so you can get laid basically. Like I, I feel like that's that's what I have a problem with, like the deliberate uh, manipulation um, mm. and deception. I mean, I'd like to hope mm. that um, the people that I dated didn't actually actively deceive me. It was just more that they were idiots <laughs> and didn't have an opinion. Until you made them have one. <laughs> Until I made them have <laughs> so one. Is it your fault? <laughs> exactly. Okay, I'm going to be a little bit of a devil's advocate here, but uh, I think... Uh, so the, the comment about grandparents accepting used to accept people with other views more than us isn't that because like we're becoming way more polarized that's the thing with the, I watched the social dilemma yeah. recently right so everyone's becoming way way more polarized like we're convinced to go our extreme views and other people go their mm. extreme views so obviously like if that's happening that would be the cause of um, people not really being able to be with each other like our grandparents could or whatever if that was even a thing um, mm. uh, so yeah, really, it could be a cause of polarization that it forces people to start catfish, blackfishing, fuckfishing, workfishing. <laughs> you know, it's for this polarization and unacceptance of people in their views is kind of like pushing people into workfishing because before they couldn't go around, before they could go around and just meet people and it would be all good if they have some weird views. Now, not only do they have some slightly more extreme views, but they're also way more unaccepted. Well, I think that's also going to, kind of, Hubert said before, um, that young people are left-wing, like essentially. You assume that, yeah. Yeah, you assume. And I think that that's, I mean, the rise of the alt-left would say that that's incorrect. So, but obviously we we never really get come into contact with them because we live in a bubble. And I feel like... Do you mean the alt-right, sorry? The rise of the alt-right, what? Yeah. Yeah, okay. What did I say? Oh, alt-left, yeah. Did she? I think she yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Did I say all left? You were listening to Trump a bit. I, mean, <laughs> I was like, the radical, was... radical Antifa. <laughs> Sorry, the rise of all right, not all left, yeah, would yeah. say that that would that's, be incorrect. Yeah, there's a lot of young all right people. That's true. Yeah, and so people live in their bubbles for sure, mm. and yeah, definitely polar- mm. polarized. But I mean, if we were less polarized, um, people wouldn't be forced into work fishing. Like, I think they just feel so unaccepted and there's no way they're going to get through. They have to just start lying and deceiving. So maybe if we're all a little more accepting and being like, oh, yeah, so this guy's a neo-Nazi, but you know what? I reckon once I actually have a real conversation with him about it, he'll change his mind. Yeah. <laughs> do we want to not... Is that the end goal, to help fix people, or do we want to just avoid them and filter them out with our tech apps? Yeah, well, that was an interesting uh, thing that came... So I, I followed up on this article by um, listening to a... Triple J did a podcast on the topic. It was quite interesting. And one of the topics raised there was the, the, that exact question. Where What is your obligation when you're dating someone who has kind of a different view? Should you take it upon yourself to be an educator and try and convince them to change. Um, personally, I think it would depend on the view. Uh, and if it was something, you know, extremely fundamental to my values, then I probably wouldn't be willing to date someone. Uh, like if they asked you to go to a Trump rally? No, not even a Trump rally. If they asked you to not go to the climate change rally or, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, like climate change is probably one of those issues for me where I think, yeah, if you didn't give a shit about it, I think it would say a lot about your personality and, you know, good or bad wouldn't be compatible with mine. So, Mm. yeah. 
so say I ran into someone on a dating app and I was like, oh, you don't believe in climate change? And they're like, oh, whatever. <laughs> what about it? Yeah. You know, should I be obliged to, I mean, is my responsibility to, to give them a chance and to try and convince them well, otherwise? Or am I, should no. I just be like, no, fuck off, whatever. You don't no, believe in climate change. No, they've got friends and they've got the whole internet to do that. I don't mm. think it's necessarily yeah. someone that your dating's job to try and convince them. And also like, I think that would be a really weird way to date. But if that was the only... I mean, if that was the only flaw and everything else was about them was perfect um, and that was the only flaw, you wouldn't just be like, no, not doing that. You know, you can't be that picky. You know, it's like um, being super picky with your partner, right? Being like, oh, no, they have one finger bigger than the other. I can't date them. I think um, not blaming clones. Oh, being apathetic. It's a pretty big one. Yeah. It's a pretty... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's a bad example. Yeah, there's no right or wrong. We've all got all, all got to make compromises, but um, <laughs> exactly, we need to you compromise. Know. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, haven't been a bachelor for long enough to uh, start compromising that far. But um, anyway, that's very unnecessary personal information. Um, now let's go. H- how triggered are you guys? Uh, hit me with your trigger ratings. Yeah, I think it says a lot about a wide issue of polarization and people not tolerating each other, or people not even able to change their views. Maybe if it was easier for us to change our views, you'd be more like. Oh, yeah, he's an idiot on the internet. No worries, they'll change their views. But we know that they won't. We won't. We don't trust each other anymore, you know. So it's just wider societal issues of people like being too hardcore in their beliefs and too polarised now. So that wider issue that triggers me. I give that an eight. Eight? Oh, very good. How about you, Kat? Um, I think that um, uh, it, it shows a flaw in tech that people can't push these things out. So I quite like that argument that we should actually... This is a good argument for Facebook... Um, releasing their dating app, which you know, you know, I'm. I can't believe you're pro. <laughs> hey, if it means I don't have to date a neo Nazi, I'm into it. <laughs> um, so what could it be called? Like Zuckle or something? Uh, zucked. <laughs> Get zucked. <laughs> Get zucked. Yeah. Um, a different podcast, you know. Um, but I don't necessarily think that. I mean, I do think again. Yeah, also think that probably men are trash anyway so like who's really surprised by this behavior probably about five yeah all right so it's not surprising enough <laughs> not, not surprising so it enough. failed on the shocking and startling element okay that's, that's fair that's fair it's um yeah i respect that logic uh yeah i don't know i'm quite triggered um i think just yeah deceiving deceiving people to get in their pants is a bad thing um <laughs> and it's just like it's 2020 guys like don't pretend to be woke just get woke it's not that hard like just do yeah, some but, i mean i just think that like deceiving people to get in their pants is the thing that's most triggering for you when it's like that's been going on for generations oh yeah. maybe maybe right. my my uh, innocent little bubble hasn't happened to me but they used to just do kind fishing they used yeah. to just pretend to be nice when really they were never were now it's just changed to being woke fishing exactly nothing's changed Oh, all right. I guess I'm just a hopeless old school romantic that want my potential dates not to lie to me. Um, and so, not to be a neo-Nazi. And not to be a neo-Nazi. You know, just mm. si- simple, small things that I ask. Um, I'll, I'm with Phil. I'll give it an eight. Eight out of ten. Trig me ten. I'll torture you, my friend. Trig me timbers. Trig me timbers, yeah. Trig me timbers. Trig me timbers. All right, you ready? Yes. Okay. So, my article comes from the Australian Financial Review, 
on the 17th of August. And the headline reads, Social Trading Fuels Market Speculation. Interesting. I don't know what that means. Continue, please. (laughs) Excellent. So the article talks about how ASIC is concerned over social trading, which um, they say breeds misinformation through people providing stock market advice online. (laughs) Okay, right. So you're just talking about all the little schmucks like me that are just online trading stocks (laughs) all day. (laughs) Okay, okay. Continue, please. Phil, calm down. (laughs) 10 out of 10. (laughs) ASIC is concerned that the impact of Robin Hood traders... Named after the popular micro-vesting app, Robinhood. Um, so their concern is that um, this idea of social trading, which is when people give unlicensed financial advice online through social media platforms such as Facebook or Reddit. And the concern is that it encourages high-risk investment behaviour and contributes to this idea of the herd momentum, which is when people bet on stocks that don't have any financial backing, artificially inflating the price of stocks, um, and then it makes the market more volatile. So I'm just going to kind of like um, explain a bit about um, the context. Um, so obviously with COVID, um, there was a rise in um, this idea of um, so retail investors, which is just like mom and dad investors or like small time investors, which is just investing small amounts of money. Young private school boy investor. <laughs> Young private school boy investor. And they um, engage in these things called um, day trading which is where um, investors try to time the market by taking advantage of a short-term price movements to make quick gains. And um, it was paying off. Like, a lot of people were making money. It was really, really good. Um, so I have some, like, fast facts about this as well. So 80% of, two, of the 255 stocks that doubled in price from May to June in 2020, so peak lockdown period, had negative earnings in the previous financial year. So a terrible investment. <laughs> You're artificially inflating the price of that. Um, There's also, just in terms of like um, the amount of people who are are investing at the moment, like these small-time investors. Um, So between March and April this year, new ASX trading accounts were being created at 3.5 times the normal rate. And so that's obviously like really... Um, that's that's quite a lot. Um, and Comsec, which is the um, Combank's, I guess, like their version of the Robinhood app, so their micro-investing app, um, has grown almost four, four, fourfold um, since the pandemic started in March. Huge. And that was um, at 20th of August. Um, and Combank, so the actual Commonwealth Bank who runs Comsec Act, so in order to access Comsec, you need to open a Combank bank account. Um, they've signed up 400,000 new customers this year, which is 2.5 times the normal annual rate. Wow. Um, now, Ooh. I kind of also, so I'm just going to finish up by saying what ASIC has said about this. So ASIC has linked this to a train wreck waiting to happen and that since markets remain volatile, they um, encourage investors not to try and time the market. Um, they So in terms of the day trading, how fast people are trading, um the average time between trades on the same stock is one day between august 2019 and 20 february 2020 the average was 4.5 um days so yeah um i guess my questions are how do you feel about this the fact that um asic is actually so you know the regulator is actually trying to 
um, stamp down on this. They're trying to discourage this kind of behavior. They don't think it's very good for the market. The reason why they don't think it's good is because investors engaging in high-risk behavior, um, you know, presents incredible like volatility in the market. And so, um, and there was a graph in the article that essentially showed that like while retail investors are continue to invest, um, actual professional investors um, are not investing, and they're all you know getting out of the market. And so this is obviously um, a big issue for the ASX. Yeah, no, that's true. It is a big issue. Um, I would like to know numbers. Of, <laughs> I feel personally attacked. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to sit back and uh, <laughs> let Phil talk for 25 minutes here because uh, okay. this is the perfect feel, article choice. No, no, it's not. It's not. I'm going to say why. I feel personally attacked. Firstly, um, in Robin Hood, you don't rob from the rich and give to the poor. You rob from the poor. <laughs> you know, uh, you make yourself poor. Um, I do. I trade on. Um, I don't trade. I buy and hold, and I go on financials. I read the financial statements. So I don't see what the price is doing that day and stuff like that. And I hold for longer than a year to get that sweet CGT tax concession. Thank you, whoever invented CGT. John Probably Howard. John Howard. Yeah. She's John Howard. I don't know. It's probably true. him and Peter Costello. They gave out all the concessions. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do that. I don't uh, trade. <laughs> I hold for 365 days. No one. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of people. I'm in a few chats and people are just trading day to day. Like, they'll come online at 9.30, read a whole bunch of announcements, wait for it to open by at 10, 10, 10, 15, sell at like 12 o'clock <laughs> and make like $500. <laughs> it's pretty obscene. Um, and it'll all come crashing down on them when the market stops. Well, they're all just propping each other up. It really is like a pyramid yeah. scheme sort of thing. They're all so kind of each other up. I'm sure that you guys heard about this, which is like the Hertz example, which is like how in America mm. Hertz obviously um, went into voluntary administration and everybody started buying their stocks and they got artificially inflated. And essentially like the court was in the bankruptcy um, proceedings, the court just deemed all the stocks useless and so a whole bunch of people just lost a whole bunch of money. And this heaps more. I was actually going to do this as a trigger me article once, that one, mm, so because good. they filed for bankruptcy. They went into the courts and the courts are like, mm, how'd this go? So they're like, okay, yeah, whatever. We'll start like, um, get, so hand it over to administration or whatever mm. to like start dishing up everything up and fixing things up or whatever. And then they left and then the stock prices started going up like 300%, like way up, back to like a multi, you know, $100 million, hundreds of millions of dollars or billions, even, like whatever. It was going up a lot. Everyone was just trying to buy the dip. Everyone was trying to buy the dip. They didn't realize that they were seriously going into bankruptcy. And then, so what happened, this is what the most triggering part for me, is um, Hertz went back to the courts and said, well, now we have all these investors keen on our, even though they're fucking stupid, we have all these investors keen on our stock, they're buying it. We should do a capital raise. We should sell stocks out of our unprofitable, failing, bankrupt company. We should sell stocks and raise capital and then we'll pay off all our debts and we'll be fine. <laughs> and the court ruled, no, that's bad. <laughs> but that's good. legitimately, they were going to try and raise capital and, and pull out their bankruptcy filings. <laughs> that's like super dodgy. But that's never, that's unprecedented because there's so many stupid, insane retail investors out there on Robin Hood buying the stock. Yeah, but I mean, you can't just the whole point of the article is that you can't just isolate that Robin Hood stuff too. Can one of you guys America. explain exactly what Robin Hood is? Yes. So Robin Hood is like a no commissions um, trading app, and essentially, like you set up your own um, profile on I don't know the American stock market. I guess you can probably choose NASDAQ or yeah. NYC. There's a, there's a few different markets, maybe yeah. even ASX on, on it. I don't know. I don't. Well, it hasn't opened It's just US? Yet. Oh, okay. Well. 
Um, and essentially, um, yeah, you can just trade stocks, but it's like the micro investing. Um, so you, mm. the benefit is that you can trade a few thousand dollars off your hundred bucks. And the whole idea, like people coming out, they're like, this isn't good for you. This is like, you shouldn't be putting, if you're trading with $5, you should be spending that on food. You shouldn't be spending that on um, stocks. It's not going to be good for your mm, retirement. Yeah, okay. And one of the big things that the that Apple and stuff are starting to do is doing this thing called like fraction shares, which essentially which is where they like cut their shares in half. And then they, so they can sell more of them. Mm. But again, it doesn't actually, you're not actually getting the benefit of shares um, and so ASIC's also trying yeah, to... Yeah, you don't own it underlyingly. You don't even get the dividends, I believe. So you yeah. just kind of... It's like CFD trading or whatever, right? And so they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Contract, so yeah. So they do that. Yeah. They do the contracts thing. And then rather than pay fees, they just get a... Well, like a, It's like an exchange rate. Getting another currency, you just get a really poor exchange rate. So you're always buying a couple of cents above <laughs> and you're always selling a couple of cents below. And then the app just keeps the leftover. So they screw you over by giving you really bad deals. Um, and then on top of all that, yeah, they kind of get around all these um, uh, investing uh, like debt laws and stuff. So they're they're leveraged, but they're not. It's not debt, so they can kind of just take on all this leverage. Like they might only trade with two hundred dollars, but you know they could lose more than two hundred dollars or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they get in these weird positions and they're like crazy leveraged. Or or they're they're betting with two hundred dollars, but really they're buying ten grand of stock and then like a quarter of a percent change, they'll lose their $200 in a second. <laughs> yeah, so this is like the big thing I'm sure that you saw earlier this year, which is when a 22-year-old um, like Robin Hood trader killed himself because mm. um, it, the app said that he was in like thousands, thousand dollars of debt, but it was just the way that the fluctuation of like, I don't know. Yeah, it was, um, it was, his money hadn't cleared and it was about to come into his account and it would have looked like he's only like a couple hundred down. Yeah, it was pretty sketchy. They shouldn't have had that like that, yeah. yeah. It was actually a mistake. He hit himself from a mistake. Basically. Yeah. Like, so anyway, so obviously these apps are not very good for the stock market. They're also like giving, giving people bad financial advice, mm. like time to invest in things that mm. aren't necessarily... Yeah, I think I think the big problem is long-term people are going to get this habit of trading and not learn how to invest. But at the same time, I think if they make enough losses or like, but not big ones... People will learn. They're on the platform. They're learning. They're getting learning what mistakes and what they should and shouldn't do and how not to invest. And maybe they'll go on like myself. Like I started off not knowing a whole lot, lost a little bit, and then then I like actually read some books and learned how to read financials. And now I'm going heaps well. So, mm, but I think the concern is that people can lose like tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the debt laws should just keep up and not let anyone get too leveraged at all, especially like the Robinhood traders. That's like really serious. Um, I think Australia's all right, but. But you can get in some pretty bad leverage positions. It's not good. Mm. Um, yeah, that and the other thing I was going to say, I think this is just temporary. Like, because it's a bear, bull market and things are coming back up um, from the big crash in March, that this is temporary and people are going to love it until they start losing. Like, things go back down again. Then people are going to, like, lose a few grand and then learn their lesson and never do it again. <laughs> but what about the idea that people are like, so these 20, 21, 22 year olds, I don't know, 27 year olds, um, 28 year olds, <laughs> same, same. Hypothetically, 28 year old male. Hypothetically, <laughs> 28 year old male. Are investing in like, you know. Um, really sketchy companies. Really sketchy companies. Yeah. So not ASX 200 or whatever, like mm. the, not the blue chip. And that's a, that's a lesson they need to learn. Like don't invest in those little ones. Don't invest or someone, something said on some, Reddit. And they'll, they'll learn that quick because that just won't work in the long run. <laughs> they might work twice and then 
they'll start losing their money and be like, okay, I've lent it now. I'm just going to go and actually read some financial statements and um, yeah, look at the AFR, let legitimate news sources, look in the top 300, something with revenue would be nice. Mm. People will learn that stuff. That's, that's part of the mistakes. This to me though, it sounds very similar to gambling in general where it's like... Yeah, they're fully gambling. That's right. They're yes. Not it's it's just like the men... I can imagine the gambling mentality applies here where you know someone who knows nothing about investing gets some uh, do bro advice in their boys chat about you know oh you have to invest in this new hot new uh, company like no one knows about it um, you know shares are worth two cents each you know put all your money in and it's going to explode and then you know they actually might have some success and then it's you know the gambler's mentality is then you, you get addicted because you, you have you have this one experience that kind of confirms your like you know crap advice just by sheer fluke um and then you're suddenly hooked for life you know you've had this huge rush of adrenaline you think oh, i'm a genius i've made all this money i can make i can do no work and i can make a quick buck you know with no skill um i just need to follow this uh you know jono jono robin hood trader 69 and you know I'll, I'll, I'll become rich so um yeah that that's crazy but anyway what were you gonna say Kat? <laughs> oh no just that um there was an article on the conversation that I was reading about this and it essentially talked about um, the mentality of these traders and why this is happening. And they were talking about how with COVID, you can't get to the pokies and 50% of Australians gamble, have put more than one bet down. Um, and so they were, they were talking about this, that, that it's you know akin to gambling, um, mm. that it's this gambling mentality, but that also it's the risk profile and that just because of the sheer number of people that are signing up, more people are going to have lower risk tolerance, uh, higher risk tolerance. Mm-hmm. So you think it could cause a crash because you've got all these low risk tolerance people on there and then all of a sudden if they all pull their money out, then there's going to be another big crash or something like that? Is that the risk like to, to institutional investors? Is it a risk to them or something? Oh, I mean, I, I think like generally it's just a bad idea if everyone's mm. pulling out their money at different times. It's like if you were an institutional investor, what would you do? If you can't, mm. you can't predict what these, what these people are going to do. And there's, and it kind of like, it just, yeah, it makes the whole thing unstable. Yeah, for sure. For and sure. so it's also like, it's mm. a really big risk. And I think that that's exactly what the article was talking about. That's what ASIC's really worried about, worried about the market volatility. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, all the stocks that they're trading, I think there's a big problem in that um, some institutional investors and, and people that like um, sophisticated investors, you know, maybe a bit better than retail, like they have more than 200 grand investing on particular things. And they could be looking for little miners and specky little stocks and stuff and actually find one like, hey, look at this random little gold miner. I actually like it. Mm. I know a lot about gold mining. I'm an engineer. I want to pick it, blah, blah, blah. But there's all these crazy ass little Robin Hood traders that are like throwing thousands on it. And now it's way overpriced. So it kind of stops them from getting rich off it and it allows all these other people to get rich from it. But is that so bad? No, but I don't think that's really the problem that I'm proposing. <laughs> like that would be great if they had great financials yeah. and that that would be, but I don't, I think that, the, the issue is more like they're like we're going to invest in these tech companies because like tech companies are good and so the other thing is that like millennials will only invest in things that they use and that's not necessarily a bad thing either but it's because you're like oh well i use afterpay so therefore i'm going to buy afterpay stocks it's like that's probably a good thing because afterpay is actually making profit but it's I actually like- i think that's a good good way to invest actually yeah that's a good way to invest <laughs> i'm glad that you brought up afterpay because this robin hood is giving me big afterpay vibes in that it sounds to me like an app that's specifically targeted to exploiting vulnerable people mm. uh and you know in the case of afterpay encouraging people to spend money they don't have and in this case it's basically encouraging people with a small amount of money to chuck it on speculative 
investments. So, you know, in one way it's good because they're lowering the barrier maybe to people to learn about investing and stuff like that. But it sounds like the that in combination with all this kind of unsolicited, unlicensed advice that's floating around, and my guess is that that's partly promoted by the app itself, is actually encouraging mm-hmm. people to kind of piss their money away, um, you know, which the, the app's quite happy with because the dollar's still going through and they're getting their fees and everything else. Um, but they're, yeah, they're taking advantage of these people who are in vulnerable positions. And, mm-hmm. you know, when economic times are bad, such as during a global pandemic, for example, people are more likely to actually gamble. Uh, and I think that's probably part of the reason why there's been this huge surge, like you said, this huge increase in people opening up mum and dad investor accounts because uh, they don't have much money and they're trying to make a quick buck in, in a desperate way. Yes. And I will add that this Robin Hood one is notorious for being like the poker machine or the Fortnite of stock trading. <laughs> it has pretty colors and like little celebration confetti come down when you like make a purchase and stuff like that. And all these noises and shit so that you think <laughs> it's like being a poker machine. You're like fully stimulated by all the stimuluses except smell. Wait for smell vision 2021. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm heaps triggered by the personal... Um, aspect of it like these people could be self-harming basically losing a lot of their money Mm. just like gamblers do but they could be possibly losing more but they think that they're doing a good thing they think they're doing a good thing Hmm. because stocks is good because stocks are good yeah yeah yeah. but exactly so they're that's how we learn like you know yes they're playing pokies on the stocks exactly and they're they're completely misled and wrong yeah you're right so i think that that's that's even the worst part because they they're not looking at this like it's a gamble even though it is gambling but that's always like the like that's jokes that like I would make about stocks because I don't get it, I don't understand it. I'm like, it's just like, you know, grown up gambling. Um, so we really need to make sure that the like ASIC have good laws to stop people getting into too much debt doing it. Yeah, maybe more resources. Like I don't know. There's all these random resources like on YouTube and all over the place. There's not really any formal like, unless you go to university. There's no formal ASIC doesn't have a page so, on how to read financial statements. So I'm glad that you brought that up because uh, ASIC does have. No, they don't. Information on their website, um, Guide to Investing, which essentially says if you do want to invest, you should seek professional financial advice. Now, as part of this article as well, they did note that um, since the pandemic and increased regulation of financial advisors, there have been more financial advisors leaving the industry. So I think there's been a 9% decrease. Wow, okay. Um, And so that means that financial advice is getting more expensive. That's a bad mm. thing. So ASIC is saying that, you know, maybe we should look at cutting red tape where we can. Yeah, you got to learn it off the internet. There's no like really formal legitimate source to do it unless you go to university and do accounting <laughs> uh, or, or TAFE maybe, um, which kind of triggers me because you're like, because I mean, financial statements are an international like accounting standard. Um, so why isn't there like a legitimate government source that teaches you how to do it? Mm. And especially if there's like, it sounds like, so I'm pretty sure Comsec had 150K investors on the platform only a few years ago when i last checked there's only 150k like retail traders and you said another 400k signed up mm. so it's probably at least half a million investors now um in australia like retail ones trading and whatever mm. which is an obscene amount that's a shitload of people that like you know you could probably teach it in freaking school and it would be warranted do you have any good sources that you come across phil other than warren buffett's biography uh, um none in particular yeah i just read like his stuff Lots of different accountants have like websites on. Um, yeah, I mean, reading the financial statements is easy, but then there's all these extra tips. Like, I just saw it the other day on a company. They're um, a, a small um, educational provider to like international students and stuff, like a little tape, a private tape sort of thing. And they hid all of their rent they pay for their buildings 
they hid that in like their investing activity instead of in their operational costs because it's fucking their operational costs. Like they pay rent for these buildings to operate and they hid it in their investing activity so it looks like they're a really low cost company lying pieces of shit. So you got to look around and make sure they don't put it in different buckets. <laughs> um, and you got to look out for stuff like that and you can easily learn that. Um, yeah, you just got to go on random websites. Yeah, true. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough because uh, yeah, even someone like yourself who's like well-educated, you know how to pick a good source of information you've had to rely on like YouTube and probably Reddit and other, other sources like that. You got to learn this stuff, I guess on YouTube, you like look at the basics. There's heaps of different like famous investors um, that have just got a little YouTube channel. Oh, this is how you read the balance sheet. But then to get your information long-term and ongoing, AFR is actually really good. Like you get a subscription to that. Every, like I look them up pretty much every day. I look up a company on AFR. See the last like 10 articles. You literally type in the ASX stock code. You would type in like Hertz. And it would be the last like 30 articles written on Hertz by some mm. stock writer. But they're legitimate ones that like really go through the announcements. They don't just pump it up like Stockhead. There's all these other websites that like pump it up. And that's where all the Reddit guys go. Mm. And they share all these like shitty, shitty dodgy websites that like pump up little gold miners. <laughs> and AFR doesn't do that stuff. They like have some legitimate just review of how the company's going. Mm. Yeah, in terms of trigger rating, uh, I'm 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 quite triggered. Yeah, I think especially like um, I have uh, fallen victim myself to uh, reading too much into the boys' chat from time to time. You know uh, about uh, the latest cryptocurrency, for example. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and I've I'll admit I've dabbled, uh, and I it had, for me like I've done it knowing that it's a gamble, and like you know. Which, which I actually hate because I hate gambling in general. Um, and usually I'm incredibly low risk and if I could hide my money under the mattress uh, and that was socially acceptable to do so, I would. Um, but anyway, I, yeah, I, I hate the idea, yeah, like I said, that there are these kind of yeah, vulnerable people, people without much money that are throwing it on these things, thinking that like, oh, it's in, because like you said, Kat, it's, it's investing. It's, um, it's almost like it's a classy thing to do uh mm. to, to buy stocks mm. uh when in reality if you're uninformed you may as well just be slapping it away the pokey's almost it's almost that bad um and yeah and i hate the idea that of this like you alluded to the herd mentality and the idea that like there are these financial products that have no inherent value but they're effectively you know a pyramid scheme um you know held up by voodoo and kind of you know yeah people's just general um, unscientific uh, gambling instinct so I hate all of that uh, so very triggered I'd give it a solid eight and a half eight and a half out of ten I'll take that one that's pretty good very good very good <laughs> um, I'm not I'm I'm triggered by something but I'm not personally triggered by the point of um, the market being like volatile and I wrecking things only, only unless I see some more figures but I think it's probably not more than like 10 20 billion dollars being traded by morons <laughs> um the, the retail investors like make up the majority of the asx yeah. yeah but that's only that's a new thing mm. like that's the scary part that it could be the market could change there should be, could well, be more the retail morons investors are having have control of the market and so but i don't think they do because i think their money they're trading with is min- uh you know there's two trillion dollars mm. on there and they're only trading with maybe 10 20 maybe 30 billion dollars so they're like they're probably only max max one percent of it but yeah the thing i'm really triggered about is the per, the personal harm that people are going to do themselves doing this yeah trigger rating trigger rating hmm could destroy some people's savings not buy homes i'll give that a solid nine for personal destruction of finances not as bad as personal destruction of health 
with like heroin or some shit, but <laughs> personal destruction of finances out there is pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Kat, do you have a uh, rating for yourself? Um, I think I'm probably a bit more tricky. Oh, well, okay. I don't necessarily like engage in it. I know like a lot of my friends do like Raze and the other apps which go through EFTs and or like Raze actually buying the stocks themselves. Yeah, I've got... I've got some money in Spaceship, but like I obviously I wouldn't put a lot of money into it. Um, but I think that this is on the rise. The kind of stuff that happens with like cryptocurrency and those kinds of things, it's like it's pretty dumb. But I, the the thing that I'm concerned about is that just everything going to shit because people are dumb. And things like cryptocurrency, it's like, well, that was kind of like your own fault. There's nothing to do that won't impact me. But if this turns to shit, it will impact me. So I think that pisses me off. Um, so I reckon about an eight or a nine. Excellent, excellent. Bros are idiots. I think everything going to shit because people are dumb should be the tagline for this <laughs> podcast. Trig me tin, I'll torture you, my friend. Trig me timbers. Trig me timbers, yeah. Okay, um, I don't know which, I've got like seven articles open that are all the same article. I don't know where it originally came from, but (laughs) I'll just go, (laughs) (laughs) no, not really. I've just been looking for more and more info by opening up all the articles. Um, (laughs) Okay, I'll just go with, um, I'll go with this news.com.au one. Okay. Sydney man sacked after allegedly bombarding women with vile Tinder messages. So this guy, <laughs> this guy, okay, it's not funny. This is actually fucked. Um, a Sydney man fired over disgusting messages he allegedly sent a woman who didn't want to meet him for sex has been named. So basically, I'm not going to play the recording because she he's sent her a recording on like Facebook Messenger. I think they ended up going on, and um, it's fucked. He's just like, he's basically calling her a disgusting fat pig, and that. She, he doesn't need her for sex so it's like she's rejected him and he's like left this message of abuse and um he has no problems getting laid and all these other things he's saying to her and just really rubbing it in trying to hurt her and just saying stupid sex shit uh he really sounds like an idiot like it's actually bizarre and uh yeah basically she reported it on like some facebook group and then it's kind of blown up and gone a little bit viral and all these other people have come forward about their experience on Tinder. And then all these other ladies have come forward about their experience with this same guy whose name's... Should I name a shame? No. I shouldn't name a shame. He's already named a shame. He's all over the news. He's named Tom, all right? Whatever. I'll just go with, stick with that. And um, so this got back to his employer and his employer fired him mm. because his employer is just a normal dude. And like, we don't accept that just shocking behavior. Get the hell out of here. He was fired on like a Saturday morning. This is a Friday night. This guy's trying to hook up on Tinder. So he was fired by the morning, which is pretty hectic. Um, and then, yeah, so other people are like, shit, you want to see a picture of him? He's a little bit good looking. He's like, I'm pretty good looking. I don't need you. I'm sick. I can get girls, whatever. And just rubbing it in. And he's done this heaps. This other ladies have like shared that he's abused to them. He does this all the time when he's rejected. And this guy was actually like a professional IT worker, so he had a pretty legit career going on. He may have been cancelled. Cancelled. Great <laughs> um, sound effects for that one. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, like a creepy kind of 
like Drac- Count Dracula like harpsichord mm. in the background. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I'll work on that. <laughs> you can hear that in the edit. I went to the edit, so. <laughs> all right. So that's all triggering and everything because like he's a bit shit. But it's good news that he got caught. Like people are actually reporting this shit nowadays. Um, Clementine Ford commented on this being like, yeah, I get messages from women all the time. Like they always message me this stuff. It's really prevalent. We need to like fix it or whatever. I'll get Tinder to do a better job. Maybe have Facebook have a little dating app so we can kick people out if they're not legitimate mm-hmm. or if they've been reported once, like they can't come back on. Because this guy just made another, he was blocked by Tinder as well. He canceled and he created another one and he was back on. But then weeks later when it was like really viral and uh, he'd already like lost his job and blah, blah, blah. He finally broke his silence and apologized. He admitted his struggles with rejection to the Daily Mail. Um, so he said, basically, <laughs> he's a good per- and decent person and he's very sorry. Um, this is despite calling women disgusting, fat pigs and fucking ugly. Um, and Okay, he basically just said, to explain himself, he said, I didn't mean the things I said. I was acting out in a impulsive way because I was hurt. And I recognize it. I recognize that I don't know how to face rejection. So, <laughs> basically, basically, all those things he said, he reckons that he wasn't, doesn't, didn't really mean, but he said it to hurt them and get at them. What do you think about that? Yeah, well, I think it's, I'm, I'm glad he kind of acknowledged it, but it, it's very obvious that he's incredibly insecure. Uh, and, you know, the irony that he like gets rejected and then says, oh, "I don't, I can get whoever I want." Ugly pig! Like it's just, it's so obvious that he's uh, cripplingly insecure and can't handle rejection. Um, so many terrible things about that article. The fact that he's like a, a serial pest and there are like, you know, dozens of accounts of him doing the same thing with other women is terrible. Um, the fact that he's like, so he, he works in IT, so he should at least have an appreciation for the fact that things that you put in writing can come back to haunt you. Um, and the arrogance to then like have, be aware of that and still just blatantly you know you know abuse people online is just f-ed. like yeah he's just an absolute absolute moron. Um, he clearly should have tried to woke fish these people. Um, that would have worked better for him. <laughs> um, just kidding. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, I hate it. And that, like, uh, and you see so many examples of it because like I'll um. Yeah, every now and then venture onto Clementine Ford's social media and she like she does it all the time where she'll um uh she often does publicly name and shame people but like also will um you know share things with kind of people's names blurred out uh which is probably quite commendable of her but of just the amount of vitriol and abuse that she cops online for for basically just saying pretty run of the mill feminist uh, ideas um, and she gets all kinds of these like just absolute wits that um, you know are, like yeah they're, they're cowardly kind of keyboard warriors as well which I think probably partly ties into this the fact that he's like he probably wouldn't have said this stuff to their face maybe not to the same degree maybe he would have maybe he's that much of an asshole but like I think a lot of people yeah are just like in the in the age of the internet feel more empowered to say these horrific things to people that they wouldn't wouldn't be comfortable saying face to face but I will say he did say it with his voice, like a voice audio recording. So that's a little bit more than a little, yeah, you know, sorry, I didn't make that clear. Yeah, so it was an audio recording. He's like sitting there talking to himself and his phone. I think that's a little bit more confronting the little keyboard warrior message. Yeah, no, that's, it's fucking horrible. Um, absolute asshole. And the fact that he's like, his apology was so weak as well. Like I, I hated that apology and the fact that he... It's a Louis C.K. 
a Louis C.K. Yes. apology. Yeah. Like I'm sorry you're sad. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry if I've offended you or if you've if, if you've you've taken this certain way. But also the other thing that caught my eye was the fact that he the first thing he mentioned was um I'm a good guy. Yeah. Or like I'm a good I'm bloke. I'm a decent man. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Like you and you see that all the time in any kind of like sexual harassment, you know, domestic violence, sexual abuse, any any of that kind of anything of that kind of nature. Uh, the person themselves often, and then otherwise it'll be their lawyer or their family members, or whatever, will always say, "Oh, but but they're a good person, or they're a good bloke." It's like, well, everyone thinks they're a good bloke. What makes you a good bloke? Like, well, I don't think I'm a good bloke. I'm pretty selfish. Yeah, no, like, I think like it's one of those things. You know, people can be multifaceted. Just because you're a nice person doesn't mean you can't be mm. also a rapist. You know, are all murderers evil? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Are all murderers evil? Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, like, just because you murdered someone doesn't make you necessarily a bad person. It's just, like, you could have, you know, you, it's just, like, it's, it's, like, it's an act. It doesn't necessarily, you can't be remorseful. Like, I think that that's... Maybe just, yeah, you don't but handle I don't, the situation. Don't. He was in a situation where he just lost it and killed someone. You know, just like he was in a situation where he got rejected and lost, lost it. Lost it. He just can't handle Sorry, that situation, it. but he doesn't want to be like that. Oh, Hubert, is that what you're saying? Hubert. You could, I guess, technically, um, you know, if Ivan Milat on the weekends, you know, went to the local park and picked up rubbish and, you know, yeah. uh, volunteered his time at a homeless shelter and an orphanage, you know, like, you say there are multiple aspects to his personality, but I, you know, I still think, yeah, I, I just I just think it's it's such a hollow thing to say, like, I'm a good person, I'm a good yeah, bloke. it's a like, hollow thing to say. Absolutely. Everyone thinks they're a good bloke and, and everyone, and, and it's like, it's part of the, like, um... I don't know if I'm going to be able to describe this well, but it's like I've heard this idea talked about in the context of like, you know, the culture of toxic masculinity or being derogatory against women in general is that like every nobody sees themselves as part of the problem. Like everybody thinks they're a good person. Everybody thinks they're a good bloke who just made a mistake or who just, you know, and this guy's he's a serial offender. who's done this over and over and over and over. Like he needs to acknowledge like I am a sexist prick and I have anger management issues, and I'm insecure, um, but I'm also just an abusive asshole, and I need to acknowledge that, and I'm going to seek help, and this is how I'm going to move on. Like, that would have been a good apology. But anyway, that's maybe a ten- tangential point. But. Um, I was going to say that, um, again, going back to my previous point with the woke fishing, not very surprising. Like, this kind of stuff happens all the time, and what's best about this is that it's being called out, he's losing his job, he's being held accountable for his actions, um, and I do think like it's, it's horrific because he's sending these girls messages. Um, but I don't know if you've heard this example, but, um, what's that movie where the guy holds the boombox at the front of the girl's house? Oh, say nothing, yeah. say anything. Say anything. Love actually. No, yeah. no. Anyway, regardless, all those movies it. where the guys do like essentially stalkerish behavior because they want the girl back. Um, it's like that. It's like the romanticizing of, hmm. yeah. Because it, it's essentially stalking, and it's like you're ignoring the fact that you've been rejected. Yeah, so you also like, yeah, you're also ignoring like the the girl's mm, feelings who has person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I think that goes to the same sort of thing. Um, I don't know. I just I just feel like this happens a lot, and yeah, it's actually really good. He's getting called out for it, and um, maybe it will happen less if people know that they're not just an anonymous Tinderer that has yes. no responsibility. Yeah, and is above the law. Yes, that is true. It's a great good news story for the getting caught bit. <laughs> and hopefully it's coming around less. But what if he bloody is a good bloke 
Hear me out, hang on. <laughs> what if he is a good bloke, but he really just cannot handle rejection? What if Ivan Milat just can't handle Europeans? Pain what happens if they just trigger him? He has this deep-seated triggering it's a, it's a that freaking triggers him and he just out of goes 10 crazy. Triggering. But he really has good intentions because being good, I mean, what is that? He has good intentions. Maybe he has good intentions, but he just can't handle the pressure of shit. Like Tony... No, wait. Yeah, Tony Abbott, you know, he's not a pressure person. He's just a piece of shit. He's, he's multi-faced. <laughs> This guy's probably multi-faced, but what about the people that have good intentions but can't handle their shit and they just crack? I think that, that we have uh, professional services for that. And, okay. So um, if you have good enough intentions, you should seek professional services. Yes. And if you don't, then fuck you, you're a piece of shit. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. And what, like, like, at what point in this guy's rant where he's calling someone a fat pig and, you know, all other kinds of derogatory language, does he not, like, surely the next day he'll wake up and realize, oh, now that I'm calm, I shouldn't have done that, you know? Maybe I should oh, yeah. maybe I should apologize and then at the very least and then take actions to stop myself from doing that again, whether that be go to counseling, learn <laughs> anger management. Um, maybe you just don't go on Tinder for a little while, you know? Um, but I do think it's very cool that um, he got fired. Like, I think that's um, a big kudos to his employer to being, um, you know, to delving down on that because it would have been... Very easy just to like snake out of that one. So it probably goes to the p- more to the point that he's probably not a good guy. If like his employees are also willing to just. Yeah. Because yeah. the opposite happens countless times. Exactly. Where, yeah. Anyway, we've had two Tinder articles today. We need to bloody improve. I the know. Tinder. Come the on, dating guys. tech needs to evolve again. It's just shit. And I brought the investing article. Mm. I wanted to so bad, but I didn't because talk about stonks enough and i will get abused <laughs> hubert will roll his eyes and say get the fuck out of here i can't just talk about stocks and finances all the time it's too boring hey look i, I would happily co- turn this into the lebron james podcast <laughs> and i can talk about lebron every episode if we want but you know I'd like to provide some variety on the show good okay ratings um so i'm gonna um, ju- just looking for the angle that, um, you know, multiple women were abused online, kind of going to the same thing about, um, although I'm not surprised, it's kind of shitty that, um, it's like, I, I guess if the, if the girl's identity is already found, like there's so many different channels that they can contact them and they're probably, you know, how many dates they've, they've been on with this guy, they might not have even been on a date with him and he's abusing them. So I think like based on that, it's pretty triggering because it's like, it could kind of happen to anybody. Um, like, you know. Um, so I think it's probably like an eight. It's pretty bad. Solid. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, as a man growing up in Australia, I've witnessed firsthand, I'd say like, um, not so much with the company I keep these days, but like, you know, certainly younger days in high school, like there's very much that culture. As soon as a girl doesn't want to be with you, then, you know, they're seen as a, as a bitch and a whore or whatever. And that's the ironic thing is like, they're called a slut, even though they're not wanting to, um, perform sexual deeds with you. But, um, (laughs) anyway, I never did that. I I never did that just for the record, but, um, (laughs) witnessed plenty of that. So I, I, yeah, I, I can, I hate that, that culture. Um, and I hate men in general for you know uh for that kind of shit you wake fishing mate <laughs> i'm woke fishing the entire audience of trigger timbers right now um hit me up guys uh, no. <laughs> um no just kidding uh yeah but uh, yeah i agree with cat as well it's not it's not surprising shocking or 
a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit startling. Uh, but yeah, not it's yeah, it's it's just sad because we've seen so much of the same shit. Um, so but yeah, fuck that guy. Uh, very triggered. Eight eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Mm. Okay, thank you, thank you for those ratings. Really appreciate mm, it. No worries. I just want to ask one closing thing before I give my rating. Should there be some kind of just blacklist website out there where we just all, you know, like Wikipedia, but for people, and we just all give our public feedback about so them? So there is this kind of um, commentary on like domestic violence perpetrators. So it's like if. So- somebody's like a known domestic violence um like a perpetrator in the community like should we be blacklisting them from jobs should we black like kind of like we do with pedophiles um should we blacklist them from dating profiles things like that um and i think like i like to think that people can change and so i think by blacklisting them it's like it's a bit harsh you don't give them a chance to change and fix their ways yeah you also brand them but in saying that, I mean, that's also very generous to give somebody who's, you know. But a guy like this, he could easily change with yeah. some good freaking lessons. And like, you know, he's lost his job. Like, hopefully he's looking for some. I don't know. It would be better to see this guy change than to blacklist him and reject him from society, I think. Mm. Although, I, can I ask quickly? I just want to, on the thing that trig- triggers me the most is the apology. The like being like, I'm a decent guy and also like... Yeah, that's bizarre what he says. And also probably. like, I'm a decent guy and also I just can't handle rejection. It's like, this is just such a piece of shit. That's all. Yes, he needs to see some professional help. That's true. <laughs> Anyways, I will give it a solid... I think I'm triggered in many ways because like tech should just be dealing with this shit. Like 50% of people on there are women. Why aren't they bloody protecting them and stuff? It'd be very easy to have a Facebook dating app <laughs> or just legitimately you know authentic, authenticate their logins what about what if we this is, you can uh, take this listeners um, uh, if you want what has this from an app idea Tinder but you after you date them you give them like an Uber style rating <laughs> so if they abuse you and they're an arsehole you give them a one star rating and then other people can see just on their personality not anything else but what about um Guys being like, she's a bitch because she rejected me. Exactly. I think there needs to be several ratings, like the abusive rating and then the kindness <laughs> rating and then the brutal rejection rating. You know, there needs to be all these different ones. The he was shorter than I thought rating. Yes. <laughs> he woke fished me. He catfished me. I don't know. He was shorter than that. Yeah, right. it's, a, it's a work in progress. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> but this is what I mean by just a black, like an online people apedia blacklist thing where you can go in there and be like, shit, this person I'm about to go on a date with, or if they've got any negative reviews online, mm. and you just go and double check and like, holy shit. But that's also true. pays taxes. Like, you know? So I have a theory. Can I tell yeah, dumb me. theory? Okay. So like when you date someone, when you're starting to date someone, like you go on a couple of dates, really like it, blah, blah, you should be able to interview their exes. <laughs> like I think you should be. So if I, if you go to date someone, you should reference check. Like, you, you should be able to do references. Yes. You references in every other aspect of your life. This is the most important decision of your life. Like, again, going back to my conference, you know, is um, this is somebody that you might have to spend the apocalypse with. You want to make sure that they're, that they have all the qualities that you want. So you should be able to reference check. Also, you should have to do an appraisal round. 
What's an appraisal? <laughs> Sorry, what's an appraisal? A performance appraisal. <laughs> right, right, okay, right, performance appraisal. Like maybe like six weeks, three months in, when like, you know, you started getting, mm. you know, starting to like, be like, all right, I really like this person, I think I'm going to date them long term. Performance appraisal. you got to pass, got to pass probation. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. you got to pass every day of the relationship, not the six months part. Well, you know, at the start of a relationship, you might be like, okay, now we should have a chat about what are your real values? What do you actually think about the Black Lives Matter movement? Et cetera, et cetera. Have you seen Matt Canavan's just irrelevantly? His new <laughs> latest post, he's got a new year and it says Black Coal Matters. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> so fucked. That was a 10 out of 10 on the Trick to Me scale. I saw that. Holy shit. 10 of everyone heard one. Fuck, we did. Wow. Anyway, um, yeah, no, reference I think we should have online, like, reference check sort of just peoplepedia and we can we can do it for like company directors that do dodgy shit we can do it for bosses that do dodgy shit landlords that do dodgy shit we can just have all these things on there and we can know and have a permanent public reference for people that's what we need just to play devil's advocate for the sake of it um we have our review systems aren't perfect for example for restaurants Mm. if i'm a rival restaurant i can give a negative review to Mm. my neighbor restaurant um and you know for example if i'm an ex-boyfriend uh, who's just hurt that I was rejected, then I could leave a negative review about my ex-girlfriend who actually could be a lovely person. So the, you have to put, have some safeguards mm. there. But, ASIC uh, should regulate it. You can have... Along, a, with, the, yeah, along sure. with the market volume. You can have um, like the Reddit rating, you up and down people's comments and votes and stuff. So if that Tom guy came on and everyone he'd been rejected by, he's like one out of five, like, bitch, suck, she sucks, whatever, don't date her, whatever. You could go on and just like download that and, and like give it less weight of a vote. I also just think it's completely subjective experience. So like... Yes, that's why we need different scales though. Yeah, because like I could be like, like girls could be like, he's emotionally immature and... I Someone know. else is like, oh, he's really fun and... <laughs> fun, cool guy. <laughs> and silly. <laughs> and silly. And people change as well, like you said. So someone could be a nice person and do something horrible or, or vice versa, so... Press for Tom. All right. So my rating is A9 to myself. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Thanks for joining us for episode 23, Kat. Thanks for having me. I'll walk you home now. <laughs> Feeling a little sleepy? Time for bed, Cuba? Yeah, pretty tired. Pretty tired. Good night, Australia. Trigger me, Tim. I'll torture you, my friend. Trigger me, Timbers. Trigger me, Timbers, yeah. Trigger me, Timbers.